Time once again for a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's on this beautiful weekend here in the Twin Cities. Good morning, Jack. What a terrific oh. day oh, 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 for fishing opener. I guess. A lot you different know, than I, last I year. I can remember fishing openers where it snowed. <laughs> like last year in some cases, yeah. What a gorgeous, gorgeous day for that. And a good uh, good, w- good weather for, for Mother's Day as well. Indeed. What a wonderful weekend. We're, we're blessed. Yes. But we're entitled, because every now and then we should get a nice weekend. <laughs> That's right, indeed. <laughs> Anyhow, I had a couple of things to clean up uh, from previous weeks. I caught the devil last week from my son, Patrick, whose name is Beaujolais. He said, you know, here you are talking about Gamay and Beaujolais, and you never even mentioned the fact that I'm named after that one. <laughs> and right. my son, my his son, my grandson, is also Patrick Beaujolais Jr. Uh, I remember what a sticky wicket it was. Both my parents and my wife's parents, when we had Beau, we wanted to call him Beaujolais. Uh, oh, there, there was such a furor in the family. You couldn't name a kid after wine, etc. Thus the name Patrick, but the middle name Beaujolais. And we always called him Beau, and I think most everybody still calls him Beau. Very few people call him Patrick. Oh, we always called him Beau, sure. Yeah, of course. But anyhow, so that's cleared up. The other thing, a little interesting note, Fritzy Haskell is about to be inducted into the Minnesota Business Women's Hall of Fame. Wow. Which is kind of neat. And, you know, she was a remarkable woman. Benny Haskell, a little history on Haskell's. Benny Haskell was bootlegger. So, and he was caught and convicted of that. So uh, he was a convicted felon and could not hold a license. Uh, so Fritzy Haskell held the liquor license for Haskell's. And uh, she told Benny, what am I going to do while you're selling whiskey to your buddies? He's oh, for God's sake, go and buy some wine somewhere. Maybe you can sell a little wine to somebody. And Fritzy, in 1935, I believe, brought the first container of French wine into the United States. First time for anybody, not, uh, you think, New York, etc., but the first time a retail operation bought a container of wine from France. Fritzy Haskell did that, and, you know, she was off to the races. And while the rest of the country was regaling in gin fizzes and all the wonderful new things because alcohol was once again legal, she had people here drinking wine when wine was something that only poor immigrants drank or effete snobs drank. Fritzy had people drinking wine. And, you know, that was over 80 years ago. So here's the hats off to Fritzy Haskell uh, being inducted into the Women's Hall of Fame. She actually, you know, sort of ran Haskell's, or certainly ran the wine department for her entire life, and uh, was an interesting, interesting woman. Uh, fishing opener today, we've talked about that in the past. Muscadet is uh, the number one wine. It's from the Loire Valley, in my opinion. It's very, very inexpensive, but it doesn't make it any the less good. If you're having a shore lunch with walleye or crappies or whatever you happen to have, try a little muscadet with it. You will not be disappointed. And then what I thought we would do today is your idea, Denny, a long time ago, was 
about four weeks ago, you said, why don't we answer some questions? And, of course, due to the magic of the Internet, etc., we got loads of questions, so I'm going to endeavor to answer a few of them today. Uh, one of them I thought was very interesting. How many harvests are in a year? Only one. However, there's a harvest in the southern hemisphere and in the northern hemisphere. You know, if you're in the southern hemisphere, winter is summer, etc. It's just reversed. So you can, that's why so many uh, vineyards from, say, France and even the United States have vineyards in Chile and Argentina, etc., because they can handle two harvests, one down in Chile or Argentina uh, in our spring, and then back here at home in the fall, whether you're in France or in the United States. So that's just one a year. And how much wine does a vine produce? Well, a vine, this is a rule of thumb. You know, they're all different because the grape size, et cetera, and the productivity. You can generally count on about a bottle per vine. So uh, it's very unusual to get more than that, but you can. But if you figure a bottle per vine, that'll tell you exactly the production of a vineyard. You look at all those vines out there, and the bottle per, per vine is about the average production. However, having said that, something like uh, Sauterne, Chateau Yachem, they get only one glass per vine. And uh, as we talked last week on Beaujolais, uh, or the Gamay grape, you get as much as two bottles, three bottles sometimes of vine. Uh, What does the vintage mean? Well, that's the year the wine is made. Not the year it's released, not anything else, the year it's made. How important is vintage? Not really too. When you consider that about 95% of the wine in the world is drunk the year it's made. So 5% is for putting away and storing and all that. It's a very, very small percentage of the wine that's produced annually around the world. (laughs) The only thing that that's important for is if you have a cellar and you're going to put wine away for future uh, celebrations and future occasions, etc., then you, then the vintage is very important. Other than that, uh, it really doesn't make a lot of difference, as I said, because so much of it is drunk the year it's made. When a friend of mine said, there's raspberries on the nose of this, did they add raspberries? Never. It's just a, if you're drink, drinking about table wine, which is what we talk about all the time, that's all. Cherries, raspberries, strawberries, etc. Those are just descriptions of the aroma of the wine. Uh, they do not add that. Uh, having said that, of course, there are wines, <coughs> excuse me, that have infusions of uh, berries and things like that. <coughs> but those really aren't table wine. When somebody is talking about a wine like a Beaujolais or a Cabernet. <laughs> and they say it has wonderful fruit, and it's, the nose is full of cherries or berries. That's just their smell connotation. It doesn't mean they added berries and strawberries, etc. And what are tannins? Well, tannins come from the pips, that's the seeds, and skins of grape. And they can also come from the inside of a new oak barrel. 
And tannin gives wine its ability to age. Uh, And those tannins are, you know, if you ever tasted a tea bag, uh, uh, bottom of a cup of tea, there is really a good evidence of tannin. That's what it tastes like. And there's a little tannin in most wine, and it's what gives wine its aging qualities. And that's kind of important. How do they make rosé? Do they blend wines? No. Usually a rosé is a red wine that isn't totally finished color-wise. Most rosés, you can blend red and white wine to get rosé, but that's very rare. Most people, when they make a rosé wine, they leave the skins in touch. You know, all grape juice, when you squeeze a grape, it's all colorless. So whether we're talking Chardonnay, Cabernet, Zinfandel, etc., when you squeeze that grape, you get a colorless juice. If you want to add color, like you do with Cabernet and Zinfandel, etc., you leave the, the juice in contact with those skins till it gets uh, till the wine develops, etc., and then of course it gets its color. When you're making rosé. You leave it in contact less longer, so you don't want that red color. You want a pink color. So the rosé wines are not a result of blending red and white wines. However, that does happen. Uh, but they're results actually of being the juice being in contact with the skins of the grape. What about decanting wines? Well, we could talk for an hour about that. Basically, all wines benefit from decanting. Uh, you're aerating the wine and air is a wonderful thing for wine especially when you first pour it out of the bottle you'll notice that if you're drinking wine in a big wine glass you swirl it around what you're doing is aerating the wine when you swirl it around and you're opening it up it's all closed up tight in that bottle corked in there then when you add aeration you open the whole wine up and what a joy it is. So decanting is perfectly acceptable on any kind of wine. Uh, they all benefit from decanting, so you can do that whenever you want. Uh, most inexpensive wines, you don't have to do that. When you lay a wine down, when's the best time to drink it? Well, it depends what you laid it down for. I mean, if you bought some wine in a child's birth year, and you want to have it on their 21st birthday or when they graduate from college or something like that, uh, make sure you contact uh, a a wine merchant because not all wines benefit from aging. As I said earlier, you know, 95% of the wine in the world is drunk the year it's made. So it only leaves 5% for aging anyway. And not all wines age well. You know, a lot the majority of wines won't last till somebody's 21 years old. But there are wines throughout the world, Cabernets, Burgundies, Bordeaux, uh, Barolos from Italy, uh, fine wines from everywhere in the world that do benefit from aging. And so <clears throat> when you're putting a wine away to age, be sure and ask a wine merchant, is this wine going to live as long as I hope it will, <laughs> to enhance you know, my son's graduation, yeah. my grandson's, or whatever. 
That's a great idea. And I, I, oh, I, it is. I know the place to ask where you get the great help and all the good information at any one of the Haskell locations. Yes, the folks at Haskell love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine. And you know what? They'll pair wine, whether you're having fish that you caught it today on the fishing opener, or you're having turkey or prime rib or whatever, just tell them how you're going to fix it, and they'll pick a wine that'll go perfectly with that dish. And you know what? We've been doing this for 80-plus years, so they're pretty good at it. And best of all, they'll help you do a wine that won't cost too much. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big, big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Haskell's in Chanhassen, in downtown Excelsior, you'll find the Haskell's, as you will in Faribault, right off of 35. Our super seller up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. In downtown Minneapolis, there's free parking on Saturday. There's Haskell's at Ridgedale, uh, Haskell's in Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village has a Haskell's, as does Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or go to WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website where there's more information on wine than you could possibly imagine. Excellent, Jack. Well, I hope we come back uh, and chat uh, next week. And again, congratulations to Frisky, Fr- 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 Fritzy Haskell. That's yeah, tremendous. It was a wonderful award. She'd oh, be popping her say. buttons if she were alive. I today. guess. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. We'll, uh, we'll talk next week.